Welcome, Bird Gang. Yes, there's disappointment, there's frustration, and even anger. We're right there with you. On today's show, what happened in Los Angeles? What happened in the past two weeks? How do you explain it? Can it even be explained? We do know this. It can't happen again. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 383, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, pop, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So before we really begin today's show, I want to do something, MJ, that I probably should have done yesterday on Cardinal Talk and just kind of slipped my mind until I saw what the vice president of broadcasting and digital content, otherwise known as our boss, Tim Delaney, tweeted out late yesterday, or I should say late last night, and that was a shout out to Tom Reed the Arizona Cardinals' longtime head athletic trainer. And this goes for every trainer across the league because we all get caught up in the day-to-day, week-to-week. The season continues, rolls in from one week to the next week, and we kind of lose sight that we're still in the midst of a pandemic. And the fact that the National Football League was able to go 17 weeks, play every single game, Yeah, there were some postponements, but there was no games canceled. Every team had to deal with it, so it's a level playing field in that aspect. But what Tom Reed and his staff did and allowed us as media members, as fans of the sport to enjoy this season cannot be overlooked, cannot be overshadowed. I don't know what the reward is outside of a heartfelt thank you. Otherwise, the work, we will never know what went through on the team level, on the league level, to get through the 2020 regular season. And here's hoping that we don't have to do it again in 2021. Yeah, well said. And I thought Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley, before they signed off, uh, they gave a great shout-out to Tom Reed. And the NFL, I, I mentioned this in August, they were bent on playing an entire season, regardless in, in what you said is right. There were There were – postponements, but there weren't any cancellations. Every team played 16 games, 256 to be exact. Uh, they were daily testing, even the bye week this year. Players couldn't, you know, go on, get out of town. Um, and in the organization, they were on top of it. So give the, give the NFL, but also give the guys behind the scenes that never get the credit. You see them on game day, and probably when you, a player gets hurt, he comes out there. You'll see him going to the coach, giving an update on an injury. Um, but it all starts with Tom Reed and his staff, and they've done a wonderful job. And, um, and, and you know, I asked Cliff about the offseason, and right now we don't know. I mean, I, I got to assume the combine is going to be a little different, um, but you have to have, you know, face to face interviews. You got to have testing, you got to have medical reports, and then we'll, we'll see what happens with the NFL draft. I think they liked a lot of things from the virtual part, so there's a lot to build on. Um, as we get into our off-season conversation, there's a lot of questions facing the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, just not a lot of answers, and we might not know those answers for a while. And as this 2021 off-season continues, 
We just don't know what's next. We know that the combine is usually in February and the draft is in April. And then there's mini camp and OTAs and training camp and all of that, as we saw a year ago, or just say this to the completed 2020 off season, the league knows how to adjust and move forward. And that is certainly what's going to happen. There is not going to be anything that it holds this league back from doing its day-to-day business. It just might be a little bit different or a lot different in the case of what we saw with the draft and how things materialized and the lessons learned on how teams prepared for an upcoming regular season. Yeah. And, you know, free agency, uh, the Cardinals were able to pull off a trade. Uh, they, you know, were, were able to, I guess, hold the information almost for three and a half weeks. Um, and then we were kind of worried when is Hop going to take his physical? We don't, we don't want Bill O'Brien to get cold feet. And David Johnson, how's his physical? So, but they were able to pull off free agency, and you were able to sign guys um, based on you know research and negotiating contracts. But you know, not a lot of face-to-face conversations. But again, there's a will and a way, and I think the Zoom definitely um, you know kind of bridged that gap a little bit. It's the uh, new four-letter word in our vernacular, Zoom. And we all uh, certainly appreciate having technology here to continue to give you the coverage that you seek concerning the Arizona Cardinals. It is a Monday edition of Cardinals Covered 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And I shared with you, MJ, earlier today, and, and I woke up and just the suddenness of the fact that there is not another game to be played. And you experience this every single year because you look forward to the regular season and then it becomes a day-to-day adventure, a grind, if you will, but you enjoy the grind because at the end of each week, there's a game to be played and you win, you lose, and then you react off of that. And now here we are and it's just an abrupt stop. We've come to a stop sign and the light is still red and it's not going to go green until later, much later, August, September, And that is a fact I think a lot of the Bird Gang is feeling because of the anticipation of what we anticipated here of year two and how things played out. And then, of course, what happened over the last two weeks, San Francisco and the Los Angeles Rams. And I know people have called it a roller coaster, the up and down nature. Well, the roller coaster came to a screeching halt on Sunday in Los Angeles. And dare I say it might have gone off the rails and an 18-7 to loss to the Rams as the Cardinals in a must-win situation. Win or go home. The Cardinals, MJ, unfortunately, are home on this Monday and will be until 2021 begins officially in several months. Yeah, we talked about it, the perception of going 9-7 and versus 8-8. Eight and 8-8, eight. And eight and eight, you're sitting at home now, and you're wondering, what if? What if? And we knew um, if you go nine and seven, you're in the playoffs and, you know, you look at games they could have won or should have won, but that's the NFL, the ebb and flow of a season. It was a roller coaster, but let's focus on the eight and eight now, because I think there's two eight and eights. Um, There's an eight and eight that you finish a season. And then there's eight and eight to where there was progress. The numbers reflected, but when you're five and two and you're six and three, and after the bye week, you only win three out of nine games. That's an issue. And then the fact that you had the playoff destiny in your hands at the close of the season, not once, but twice, and you let it slip through against teams that on paper, and 
I'm going to use that phrase again. It's what I used all of last offseason. I'm going to continue to use it. On paper, this Arizona Cardinals team, better than the San Francisco 49ers, better than the Los Angeles Rams, given what the Rams were missing on Sunday. That's the caveat here, given what they were missing. And yes, I understand the Cardinals were missing players as well. And as I mentioned on the NFL kickoff show with Darren Urban and Kyle Odegaard, I felt good offensively going into the weekend. And then all of a sudden Saturday hit and the realization that you're not going to have Christian Kirk. You might not have Larry Fitzgerald, which they didn't. Chase Edmonds wasn't going to be a hundred percent, but he toughed it out. You just didn't have the full complements of pieces that you needed to get that final win. And then of course, I think maybe, Everything just went away and up in smoke, if you will, if you will like that cliche, when Kyler Murray on the seventh play of the game got hit, got sacked by Morgan Fox. He landed on the right ankle and it was rolled up on and Murray, we did not see him again until the 1425 mark of the fourth quarter. And certainly the Cardinals did start well, seven to nothing, but maybe we asked or thought too much of Chris Streveler and that offense without Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk? Well, I mean, you, you look at, you know, which Streveler was in there, and I wish they would have been able to run the ball better. Um, but they were behind the sticks, and I didn't really prefer to see him throwing, uh, rolling out to, to his left, throwing across his body down the field. But, you know, the pick six and then the safety. So that's nine points right there. Um and you're not going to win many games scoring seven points or, you know, what they did in the week before, 12 points. So, yeah, it's disappointing because it, it's, you know, maybe at the midway point of the year, the Cardinals had the number one offense. And we didn't focus so much on because it's yardage. You know how I feel. You know, how many points are you scoring per game? Because the teams that scored are a lot of points this year, they're in the postseason. And um, But I, what I look at it, Craig, is, you know, we can – and fans, it's fair to question why Brent Hundley wasn't the backup. But that question should have taken place in August. And, and KTR played a cut from Steve Kime. It may have been after the first game. And he said that Chris Traveler had a really good training camp. And quite frankly, he outplayed Brent Hundley. And I think when you look at Traveler, he's got more of a skill set like Kyler Murray. He can run a little bit more. Um, he can, you know, run in the between the tackles. I'm not saying uh, Hundley now. People are going to say, well, he had experience. He backed up Aaron Rodgers. But unfortunately, when he played, they had the, uh, the handcuffs on him. They didn't want to make a mistake. And in Seattle, you know, playing behind Russell Wilson, never got a chance to play. But those are two really Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So you think experience-wise. But they made it very clear right when the season started, that he was a third-string quarterback. So I don't know why so many people were surprised. If, if you want to bring it up um, in September, that's the decision they made. And Cliff was asked about it after the game. Do you have any regrets? None. And that's one thing he's been consistent about. So I know people aren't happy that Brett Hundley wasn't in there. Um, Hundley's numbers weren't great. He came in and did a nice job to keep, you know, usually the Start, the quarterback that starts gets the win-loss record. But his numbers weren't great. Uh, he made some plays. I'm not going to sit here and, and downplay it, but they made a decision to try to go with a Taysom Hill. We didn't get a chance to see that, both on the field at the same time. I think after we got to see Strebler, 
Um, I think he had two or three snaps the whole season going in the S and maybe two is after that. Um, I think the decision was made. We're not taking Kyler Murray off the field. And that was my biggest issue. Um, you could put him as a receiver, but clearly he's your better option. But that was the plan all along. And I know fans are upset, uh, but if you follow the story, he was the backup quarter every single game. In retrospect, maybe we needed to have a better, a bigger discussion about the backup quarterback in August and September. Yet at the same time, who wants to talk about the backup quarterback at the start of the season because you never focus on the number two guy until you need to. And the Cardinals needed to on Sunday in Los Angeles. Yet I'll go through and ask, you know, any fan out there, okay, who's the backup quarterback in Kansas City? You know, who's the backup quarterback in Seattle? You don't know. It's not top of mind. Now, I will say this. What the Dallas Cowboys did, what the New York Jets did in the offseason as far as getting a true backup with experience and an Andy Dalton and a Jeff Flacco, I wonder if more teams look at that and try to mimic it. Yes, the Cowboys didn't make the postseason. Yes, the Jets didn't make the postseason. But at least there was someone behind QB1 that perhaps you could rely on in a pinch. And the other the, the, uh, the offshoot to this is, well, if you have a backup quarterback playing, it doesn't matter who it is. They're a backup for a reason, and the offense is already going to take a step back. So, yes, Chris Streveler was thrust into a position that he was not ready for, and that's plain and simple. Uh, you know, you, d- you don't get as many reps during the week, uh, John Walford got all of the reps as a backup. He knew he was going to start last Sunday, probably going into that game yesterday, but that is not what cost this team. The loss on Sunday was the fact that Chris Streveler was not on the field. I'll ask you this MJ. If Kyler Murray was completely healthy, he never, he'd say he got sacked, but he was fine. Got up. No big deal. He's been sacked a lot this season, not nearly as much as a year ago, but he has gotten sacked. 100% Kyler Murray with a full week of practice. He was a full participant Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Do the Cardinals, do they win? Do they find a way to figure it out against that Rams defense? Because that was my concern, and you shared it. In fact, you talked about it all week long. It's not the Cardinals defense and the Rams offense. It's the Cardinals offense against that Rams defense. I think they would have scored more points. I don't, I don't know if they would have won, though. I mean, you, you, you had a block punt. I don't know. I mean, they, they left points on the field, uh, but I do think the game would have been, I think they would have scored more than seven points though. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, block, block field goal field right goal, there in the, in the fourth quarter that would have pulled the Cardinals to within one possession, but you're right. Yeah. You needed another stop and get on the field. You're right. Seven points after scoring 12 the, the, the week prior, it wasn't trending in a great direction for the Cardinals to get to the postseason for the first time in 2015. And again, there's, you know, no guarantee that with uh, 100% Kyler Murray, even without Fitz and Christian Kirk, that you make you get the win. I certainly would have loved to have seen what would have happened and would have felt better going out on my shield, so to speak, with our best out there. And unfortunately, the Cardinals didn't have their best on the field. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't know if it had been 14 or 17 points. I mean, you tack, you tack on the field goal. Um, again, it, it was partially blocked. Um the ball still was in the air, but, you know, I, I, like I said, if Murray was in there full-time, I do think they would have scored more points. I don't know if they would have won at the end just based on the Rams' defense, pretty much shut the run game down. 
um, besides Hopkins and maybe a couple throws. Um, they really didn't have any splash plays. Um, they tried, but they didn't have any splash plays. So I just thought when you're dressing four tight ends, we'd see more mass protection. You know, they did try to throw the ball to Dan Arnold. Um, I don't know if, they, you know, Max Williams was targeted or had a catch, but for the most part, I, I thought they would try to load up at the, in the, on the line and even bring in Josh Jones if he had to, um, to kind of protect and get rid of the ball quickly. But receivers have to get separation. And, you know, Christian Kirk wasn't out there. Larry really doesn't get separation, but he's savvy enough to find the sticks. So I do think they would have been more productive on offense if Murray was played the entire game. Don't know if they would have won, but it would have been closer. Cardinals had 49 plays on offense. Their top four plays, they had four plays of 16 or more yards. Three of those happened in the fourth quarter with Kyler Murray as your quarterback. And yes, the Cardinals, I think when one thing is not working with this offense, and that is Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, they needed something else. They needed an option two. And option two is Kenyon Drake. And the way he is closing out the regular season probably doesn't bode well for him personally. And I don't know what it means for his bank account going into free agency. But the fact that he was not able to get on track and get some yards or at least get that Rams defense thinking about trying to tackle Kenyon Drake. He only had 10 carries. His first touch, the first offensive play of the game, went for 11 yards. MJ, he finished with 36. Whether that's him whether that's off the, the offensive line, I don't know. Yes, the Rams defense ranked third against the run. But when you lose your starting quarterback and you're relying on a backup, someone else has to step up their game. And that person that I was looking to that didn't need the ball thrown to him was Kenyon Drake. Yeah, he didn't even reach 1,000 yards. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. He had all purpose, and he's normally a guy that can get in the end zone. You know, I mean, I think he had seven or 18 touchdowns in 20 games since he joined the Cardinals. So it's almost one per game. Um, and I was hoping to get more out of Chase. Uh, he didn't practice all week, but I just thought having him on the field, you had to defend him. And he's been really a good pass catcher, uh, runs good routes, gets open. Um, he's kind of shifting in the open field, but he was playing basically on one leg. So, you know, I give him credit for you know, like you said, gutting it out, but um, they didn't have their A, B, or C game when it came to their offense. And, you know, you, you look at, you know, we'll get into it. I just rushing, um, they got definitely tailed off um, maybe the last three or four games. Um, you look at body of work, they're still ranked pretty high in rushing. Um, they're second in, in touchdowns. The Saints were number one in 29. Of course, you had Elvin Kamara get six in one game. Cardinals were second with 22. Average per carry was around four eight, maybe four nine. But the passing game, they're not in the top 10 in any category, um, not in one category. And that's an issue when really the, the only thing you really did in the offseason on offense was bringing DeAndre Hopkins. You would think the passing numbers would be a lot better. And the consistency would be a lot better. And there's one word we're going to use for the entire team. They are very inconsistent uh, on offense and a, couple, a few times, defense and special teams.
Yeah, the consistency offensively is something DJ Humphreys brought up when he addressed the media earlier today. He and Buda Baker, the two players selected to speak on this, the quote-unquote clean out your locker day exit interviews. A little bit different, but the fact that we're not in the locker room and everything is virtual, yet the biggest thing from DJ Humphreys was, yes, the consistency week in and week out. He talked about the progress that the team has made in terms of wins and losses. And even on the offensive side, to your point, overall, the numbers look pretty respectable. But how do you finish a game? How do you finish a regular season? It's cliche. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And the Cardinals did not finish well. Two and five after a six and three start and losing back-to-back games within the division with an opportunity to get to the postseason for the first time since 2015. And I'm sorry, MJ, that... That stings. It's going to hurt for a while. And I'm not quite ready to slam the door yet on 2020 because this is going to linger for a little bit. And I do not fault any fan at all for being upset, for being disappointed, for being frustrated, for being angry on what happened here in 2020 because these opportunities are few and far between, especially with a young quarterback on a rookie contract and you want to say they wasted this year in terms of that narrative, then absolutely I'll line up right behind you because year two, you needed to take that step to a certain extent they did, but it was not a big enough step in my opinion. Yeah, and, and just getting in the postseason, the experience for these young players, you know, the Kyler Murrays and Byron Murphy and, you know, Buda Baker, I mean, it would have gone a long way. Um I don't know if they could have won a playoff game. You would have had to head to New Orleans or Green Bay. and But just getting in the playoffs, just to taste the playoffs. And, and, and you can – then we go to put a bow on the season that it was successful. Now we're having a conversation. Yes, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. It's an improvement. Uh, but there's still a lot of issues moving forward from a standpoint of there's, there's holes on this roster. And you, you can't, you know, uh, make wholesale changes in one year and – Clearly the Cardinals, you know, they feel like they added some free agents and, you know, the draft picks, even though they didn't have as many as they had in the past, given up, you know, the hop trade and that will affect them this year. But, you know, I thought Isaiah Simmons played better as the season went on. Maybe he didn't have the month of December that I was hoping. Um, Josh Jones, uh, Evan Weaver and, you know, Benjamin didn't play a single snap this year. Weaver was on the practice squad. Uh, Eno Benjamin was on the active roster, so hopefully those guys can make a jump next year. Um, but I, I think the Cardinals will will try to ride Chase Edmonds, and I do think they'll draft the running back. Doesn't mean it's going to be in the first couple of rounds, and uh, I don't think they'll go out and entrust a veteran for, uh, free agent, but I, I do think Chase will be the guy. Uh, I don't see the Cardinals paying Kenyon Drake $8 million a year, 8.4. Um, it's just the shelf life, and I understand why they put the tag on him because, you know, they were concerned other teams were going to offer him a three-year deal, about $6 million a year, probably about 8 to 10 guaranteed. And what he did in eight games last year, he, he was um, a big part of what this offense was able to do in the second half of the season. But uh, I see Chase Edmonds being the bell cow next year. We'll see if he can carry the load. Um, I think he's up for the task. My comp on him is Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen is on IR this year. I was told he's a little bit faster um, and he got about 17 and a half million on a three-year deal. And I think that would be feasible again, five or six a year for a running back who's really hasn't peaked or reached his prime yet. So 
again, I do think uh, Chase Edmonds will have every opportunity to be the number one guy uh, in 2021. It is going to be a busy offseason, Bergang. It always is a busy offseason, so you want to stay up to date. You can do that by downloading the latest update, the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. We continue here on this Monday. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals 8-8, and 500. Four and four at home, four and four on the road. So at least in that area, they are certainly consistent. And yeah, it is a jump in wins from a year ago, but I just cannot get over on the opportunity lost on not being able to walk through that door and slam it behind you to be one of the seven teams. Now, if this was a normal year, yeah, the Cardinals would not have been able to get in with nine wins in the NFC because you take the top six. Now, you're the Miami Dolphins right now. You've got 10 wins, and you didn't get invited. That's kind of what happens sometimes. Sometimes it's not win total. It's what year do you get that win total. Sometimes eight is enough. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you need nine, 10, or 11. And the Cardinals needed just one more to finish in the postseason. The magical number for the Arizona Cardinals in 2020 was nine, and they fall one short. Well, uh, also the conference records are only six and six. Now let's throw throw away the NFC East. Rams were nine and three. The Bucks eight and four. Seattle nine and three. The Saints ten and two, and the Packers ten and two. That's conference records. So that's the reason why the Cardinals are on the outside looking in. The, the Bears were six and six. Uh, the Washington Football Team five and seven, but you have to get conference wins. And yes, they feasted on the NFC East this year. Uh, that will not be the case next year. You could see progress with the Washington football team. We'll see when Dak Prescott gets back. Yeah, you could see the Giants are got a young team. Um, so I, in Philadelphia, we'll see what happens, what they decide to do. But that division will be better next year. Um, so you're not going to be able to feast up on the NFC East. But, you know, we talked about winning home games, scratching out some road wins, winning division games, and then winning conference games. You have to do better than six and six next year. Well, how about just within your own division? You have to be better than two and four. And the Cardinals certainly can't look at that very good when you have to compete against the Rams, the Seahawks, and the 49ers forever. And they've all got established head coaches and established quarterbacks. We'll see what happens in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo. But the Cardinals open with a win at San Francisco. Then they had that primetime game at home against the Seahawks and then won. But following the bye week, they went 0-4 against the division. And you cannot have that happen if you hope to take that next step. That is why you know, we, you, you keep talking about, you know, you got to leapfrog someone within the division and you thought it was going to be the Rams this season. Um, you know, it was just, it was a half step, maybe a quarter step forward. And I know a lot of people believe it was steps backwards and I get that, but you have to be able to take care of the teams within your own division. If you hope to move up within the division and the Cardinals going two and four um, wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I, you know, the Niners finished in last. They had, you know, a lot of injuries. They played hard down the stretch. Um, they ended up losing to the Seahawks in, in week 17. But, 
yeah, when you get off to a two and zero start, you're thinking, all right, three and three and three maybe, or four and two. And unfortunately, the, the second go around, they lost to the Niners, they lost twice to the Rams, and then they lost to the Seahawks. So you know, but I, when you get off to a two and zero start, you're expecting a better record inside the division, whether it's home or away. And that's why you see all these Thursday night games against the division opponents. First of all, short travel, and you're familiar with the opponent where you played them probably in the last five weeks. So you're really familiar, and that's why the NFL schedules those kind of games. And so those are the games you have to have. But just think about it. One more conference win slash division win, we're having a total different conversation. They beat the Niners or they beat the uh, Rams in week 16 and 17. That's a nine-win team. I'm not going to get crazy and say a 10-win team, but nine wins with an extra conference win, we're having a different conversation today. When you look back at 2020, and I know it's still fresh, but sometimes it's the best way to look back at a regular season when things are still fresh. And there'll be plenty of time, Bird Gang, to look ahead and figure out what needs to be done or the evaluation. But because it is still 24 hours removed from this Cardinals team walking off the field at SoFi Stadium, 18-7 to losers, and then taking the flight back to Tempe and knowing that there is no more football. I mean, they are not going to be meeting They are not going to be practicing. There are no more games to be played for the Arizona Cardinals here in this 2020 regular season into the postseason. What is the biggest thing that you will remember about this season going forward or hope that is something that you can look back on and say, all right, that is what propelled this team. Or maybe it's maybe it's the complete opposite. This can't happen again moving forward if the Cardinals want to be a playoff team. Missed opportunities. I mean, they go back and, and again, you can do this every year. I'm, nobody's going 16 to no. I didn't. I didn't think they would win double digit uh, win total this year. I thought seven to nine wins. But when you go back and look, you go back to the Detroit game, the Carolina game, the Patriots game. Those games really stick out to me. Um, you know, I give the Rams credit. They beat them 38-28. Um, shouldn't have lost it to the Niners, and they should have been more competitive in the Rams game. But Again, um, missed opportunities in the whole season. They were inconsistent. One week it was the offense. The next week it was the defense. Some weeks it was both. And then special teams had their hand in a pile. So I just think missed opportunities, winnable games. Um, They just thought they had to step on the field. That's the impression I got from Kyler Murray. Um, Even though they came off a loss when they went to Carolina, new coaching staff, college defensive coordinator, Teddy Bridgewater, hadn't scored a rushing touchdown in years, and he runs off a 25-yarder, missed tackles in the open field. So just missed opportunities and very inconsistent. That's what I'm going to take from this season now. Again, 8-8, and there, there was progress, but it wasn't enough. Well said on that last part, as far as the progress that was made on and off the field, not enough in year two. I like that assessments and Rob Fredrickson on Cardinal Talk used the term audit. And I know we're getting close to tax season. People don't like that word, but I thought it was a great adjective to use as far as what now needs to happen top to bottom with this organization when it comes to players, staff, coaches, executives, to put a team that we all can be proud of and start celebrating in the month of January like we all did once upon a time when Carson Palmer was the quarterback and Bruce Arians was the head coach. 
Yeah, I mean, usually I would say 20 teams that are doing self-evaluations today. It's 18 now because we know four teams make the playoffs. So there's 18 teams, and whether you won one game um, or two games, you're likely going to have a new GM and a coach. So they all should be doing self-evaluation. They should do self-evaluation on the staff, and they should do self-evaluation on the players. And then they then they have to go deep, dive a little bit deeper to where are the holes on this football team. Again, you can't go out and just spend money like a drunken sailor. You have to you have to make sure you do your homework, and considering where the cap is. So there's a lot of uh, heavy lifting that's going to take place. But self evaluation is the first thing they have to do. They have to be honest with themselves. Where are we at? Are we two players away? Because, again, it would have been difficult to win a playoff game, but just to be in that conversation to where you go into the offseason and say, we can be better next year. And that's the plan, uh, and that's the hope. But they have to be honest with themselves. And, you know, um, we don't know who's under contract when the Cardinals announce a coach. Usually coordinators get three years and position coaches get two years. And we know that, you know, guys like Steve Hyden and, and David Rye and, and even Sean Kugler and some of the assistants, um, you know, they probably got will get re-upped just because they want to keep some stability. Now, Tom Clements was brought in here. He coached in Green Bay. He coached with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But we know Cliff, he's got his hands all over the offense. I know people say they should bring in a coordinator. Um, Cliff's not giving up play calling. So let's make that very clear. If you want to have another sounding board, I think they got a good staff on offense. They got youth and they got experience. And we don't talk about James Saxon enough. Um, he's experienced. He's coached in Pittsburgh with good backs there. He was in Minnesota with Adrian Peterson when he was there. Steve Heidman's an up-and-comer. Um, we know David Rye's a really smart guy, and you can see Cliff's talking to him on the sidelines, what he sees. So I, I like the offensive staff. Um, they could bring in somebody uh, as a, an assistant, a senior assistant, but again, um, they all there's a collection uh, there's a collaborative effort when it comes to the game plan Kugler Hyden and Sexton and then Cliff has to filter through it with the quarterback so uh, I don't think there's going to be a ton of changes but you never know some guys get promotions some guys could retire uh, but that's the only thing I look at and, and on defense I, I like I like the defensive staff I really do their teachers their coaches you know, you look at the inside and outside linebackers coach and the D-line coach and the secondary. I, I like their staff. I like Jeff Rogers. I, I mean, I like their, their training staff. I like, again, it's about getting better players. They need better players, and they need players to play um, more consistently over the course of the years so we're not having this 8-8 eight eight conversation. Asked about his coaching staff, Kingsbury earlier today, quote, we're still evaluating a lot of things end quote. There was not much to come out of Kingsbury's uh, postseason media availability. He was only spoke for less than nine minutes. The one note that the Bird Gang does need to know about, and I think this is good news, and that the fact is that Kingsbury does not believe Kyler Murray needs surgery this offseason on that ankle injury, which Kingsbury called pretty significant after the loss to the Rams. He had no further details today on Murray or any other players as far as their health and I know Bird Gang you've got a lot of questions that want to be answered and here we are on January 4th and 
Well, some of these questions just can't be answered today. They can't be answered tomorrow. They can't be answered next week, next month. It is going to be a long offseason, and that is what happens when you don't make the postseason. And it's unfortunate because you're right, MJ, going back to what you said, the difference, the way this season would have been looked at and looked upon, nine and six versus eight and eight. And now you start nitpicking and looking at everything you turn over every rock as opposed to nine and six and yeah you got to that next level Cardinals still they keep hitting that ceiling and now how do you bust through it and that is what is first and foremost on the general manager and the head coach and everyone uh, associated with the Arizona Cardinals yeah and you know they know what they uh they I'm sure you know it's not like they're gonna wake up today and go oh we gotta do this throughout the season you know you got a scouting department and then you got your personnel department and then you, you got your general manager. And so, and again, they're all going to be on the same page. Just, and then the coaches at some point, they'll say, this is the type of player we want. Um, and they give them a wish list. And then ultimately they got to decide, is that a draft pick or a free agent acquisition? You know, is he a plug and play guy from day one? So th- there's a lot of uh, moving parts here, but I, I think he, the, Again, all 18 teams are doing a self-evaluation and they should be as honest with each other. Don't worry about hurting anybody's feelings because the only way you're going to get better is you have to uh, admit it, address it, and then try to, uh, you know, um, check those boxes. And it's not going to happen overnight. I keep saying it's not a quick fix, but you have to be better next year, including this season coming up. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. All right, so, you know, last night, Brinson Buckner tweeted something out, the defensive line coach, and then he backtracked a little bit, but let's talk about maybe the elephant in the room is Larry Fitzgerald. Who? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Brinson Buxer tweets out, you know, about Larry, whether he decides to retire this year or whatever. Um, But Cliff said right now he spoke to him this morning and he still thinks he's going to take some time. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, Obviously he had a conversation with Larry and, and I was on channel 12 last night, the Cardinals flagship for the preseason and obviously Cardinal shows throughout the, throughout the season. And they asked me, you know, and, and what, I, what I told them is, is very similar to what I said in the postgame show is it's not about numbers anymore for Larry Fitzgerald. He's achieved everything he possibly can besides adding to his current numbers. Um, I think it, it would have been really a cherry on the Sunday if he, they would have got to the postseason, whether it was one game or not. So I do think Larry is definitely considering uh, retirement uh, just because it has nothing to do with the team coming back next year. He played for Steve Wilkes. He played for Cliff Kingsbury. He likes the staff. And Larry's always told me, you know, his second career is going to be better than his first, which is hard to imagine, but I'd never doubt that guy. But I, I just think it's time for him to kind of – I don't know if he enjoyed this year from a standpoint of, you know, not so much the COVID because everyone had to deal with it, but, you know – missing a couple games, not being targeted, kind of being phased out. Uh, you know, people don't want to say that, but there's other options and targets, and I get it. Um, so I don't know if he enjoyed the season. I know he enjoys the process. He enjoys the camaraderie. He's, 
and he enjoys playing on game days. And I don't know if that was the case based on the losses and the totality of him not being targeted. Again, he's never going to complain about numbers. He's about the W. But I, it would have been really uh, important for this team to make the playoffs. Um, so I don't I don't know when he's going to make his decision, but it wouldn't surprise me if he decided to um, hang it up because I think he's at peace when it comes to his NFL career. Quoting Kingsbury about Fitzgerald, he's got a lot to think about. And then he later added, we want him back. Personally, I would want to see number 11 back as well, but uh, that is something that uh, is, as they say, out of our hands, and we just wait for the announcement to come and um, probably sooner rather than later, but uh, who knows with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Before we wrap up this Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, I'll give you your final thoughts, MJ, and what you want to say. And then, of course, there will be a lot of time to really dive in to this offseason, but I do want to let everyone know, one, we do know a couple of things with respects to moving forward. That is, one, the Cardinals will have the 16th pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Yes, they can target a lot of different positions. We also know the schedule in terms of opponents. Yes, the NFC West, home and away. The Cardinals will also face teams in the NFC North, the AFC South. They will have the third-place team out of the NFC East. That would be the Dallas Cowboys. And the third-place team out of the NFC South, that would be the Carolina Panthers because the Cardinals finished in third place. And the NFC West is matching up with the East and South with regard to the 2021 schedule. And then, of course, the, the elephant in the room as far as this 17th game that everyone keeps reporting, but nothing has become official. If there is a 17th game, according to reports, the Cardinals would play Cleveland because in that scenario, the NFC West would match up with the AFC North, the likely placed teams, Cardinals third, Cleveland third, in the AFC North. So that is what we know about the schedule. And of course, if you want a complete rundown, go to azcardinals.com. Darren Urban's got a uh, perfect write-up with regard to the opponents. We know who, and we do know where. We know who and where, we just don't know when. Yeah, and that's always interesting because we talk about you know home opener, um, division games, national games, who are you finishing out in the month of December. So that's all factors to where, you know, you can try to dictate the schedule, but we know it's kind of miscellaneous or to kind of project win totals, but, you know, you get an idea who you're facing and obviously injuries. Um, the bottom line, it, I know Cardinal fans are disappointed today. Um, I can tell you everyone in the organization is disappointed, frustrated. Um, they feel like they should still be playing um, in the postseason. It didn't happen. But I'm telling you, it's part of the process. And for people, and you're, you have your right to your opinions to say that they need to blow this up and start over again, that's not how you win the NFL. Look at the teams in the playoffs. And you can make exceptions to Ron Rivera um, and maybe Matt LaFleur because they've only been there one or two years. Um, but look at the, the, the head coaches and the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs. That's where the Cardinals want to be. You know, you could just pencil in Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll every year, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Um, Drew Brees, he's going to retire after this year. He's got a contract with NBC. Um, I'm sure they'll turn it over to Tyson Hill or Jameis Winston, but they've been consistent with Sean Payton. You know, you look at Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You look at Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. 
Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator. You look at the Steelers. So you got to have stability in the, in, with the head coach and the quarterback. And sometimes, you know, uh, you got a defensive mind, a head coach like Sean McDermott, but he puts a lot on Brian uh, Dable's uh, plate to get Josh Allen going. He's been in his third year. So um, to start over, that would be the, the worst thing you can do. They already uh, admitted a mistake hiring Steve Wilkes and drafting Josh McCown. I'm sorry, Josh Rosen. Um, so I know we live in a microwave society. We want instant results. I'm not saying to be patient because you've been patient since 2015. But to start over again, that doesn't make any sense, in my opinion. Stability means something. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.